Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm your host, Lindsay McCowan, and I'm so delighted to be having a conversation um, on a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, and it's the power of pressing pause and the art and essence of practice. And we have a very special guest today, but before I introduce this amazing woman, we're going to do what we always do at the beginning of every show is we're going to stop, pause, and breathe. So I think this is just perfect timing for the show. Um, so let's go ahead and just take a moment to stop whatever you're doing. Just pull away from the busyness of your life just for this moment so that we can pause and perhaps closing your eyes if it's safe for you to do so. And if you like, you can even place your hands upon your body, one on your heart, one on your belly. And just connect to your breath in this moment. First, just feeling the gentle flow of breath through the nostrils as you breathe in and breathe out. And then softly begin to expand that breath so that you can feel the breath expanding the space of your heart and the space of your belly. Just this gentle rise with the inhale and this gentle fall back inward with the exhale. And just seeing this breath that you take into your body and you release from your body as sacred giving you this opportunity to pull away from the distractions and come back to a place that is perhaps in this moment quieter, more steady and more peaceful. And just knowing that through the breath that we can come back to these pause, these pauses, these moments of stillness and steadiness. At any point in our day, And you are welcome to continue to stay here and breathe nice and deep and full through the duration of this episode, through this call, this connection. And then we're just going to simply bring our attention back, continuing to breathe if you like, but bringing your attention back so that we can invite this incredible guest, Amy Heater, onto our show So today we're going to be talking about pausing as a regular practice and how it can look like many different things in the context of our life. It can be through the breath, just like what we did now. It can be through movement. It can be through creativity. It can be through stillness. And what happens is when we cultivate the experience of presence, we can start to see inside and return to a sense of innate connection and possibility within our lives. And so Amy is, I met Amy about a year ago, nearly, at the Her Festival in Maine. And she is a nature enthusiast, an adventurer. She's an educator and a lifelong learner, particularly motivated by the intersection of mind-body traditions of the East and modern research sourced in neuroplasticity and mindfulness in the West. And I got to experience her beautiful teaching. She was a teacher actually at the Her Festival, and I got to experience her teaching. 
She's a yoga and meditation teacher and has been teaching since 2003. And she regards the systems of yoga, meditation, and mindfulness as some of the best best technologies available to sustain health in the body, cultivate stability and resilience in the mind, and open pathways in every heart. So thank you so much, Amy, for being here today. Welcome, welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically. Thank you. It's really wonderful to be here. It's good to see you again and connect with you again, Lindsay. I know. I'm I'm so hoping that I'll be able to come again to the HER Festival. Um, it's, it's we're seeing what can ha- possibly happen, what I can manifest here in the next few months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys want to be, are interested in the HER Festival, it's an inc- if you're in the, well, I guess you don't have to be just in the United States, but if you want to fly all the way into Maine and join some amazing teachers, um, uh, just surrounding yourself with this intention of stopping and pausing and breathing and connecting with other women. It's a great opportunity. And Amy will be there leading again with five other women, five other women. Yes. Five, mm-hmm. six in total. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the power of the pause. Ah, I love, I love this topic. So um, <laughs> let's just talk with why, why is pausing so powerful and necessary yeah, pausing as as a practice. Um, I I think in the in the simplest terms, um, what the practice of pausing allows is this opportunity to return again and again to um, to who to us and who we are which um, seems obvious. Uh, (laughs) We have these bodies, these identities, these personalities, these various roles and responsibilities we play in life that change through time. Um, And yet there's, there's a part of us, and I think we all feel this, there's a part of us that's felt kind of consistent since we've been living, like growing up since children. Um, and we can lose touch with that sense of, of self and that, that part that's more constant um, amidst the changes in life. Um, but the, the practice of pausing for me allowed me to, to reconnect with that sense of self, that unchanging thread. And it allows me to just live my life from this space um, through that that connection and that return to the part that's that's here and is is kind of innately whole and wise and um, dare I say joyful uh, yeah and and I, I love, I love sharing um, the various modalities of practice with people. And I'm really interested today to talk to you because I feel like, um, yeah, it can look like so many different things. We can have an idea about what practice is supposed to look like. Maybe we don't like the ways we've been shown, but how how can we create one that is authentic to us, that puts us back in touch with this sense of return? And I love that because oftentimes what I hear from my students and my clients is that they just feel 
they just don't have time and they they have this idea in their heads about what practice, whether it's a yoga practice or a mindfulness practice or a spiritual practice looks like because of what they've seen um, on social media or heard from other teachers or read in a book. And they're trying to compare themselves to that and compare their lives to that. And they don't feel like it fits. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can resonate with that. Um, there's a part of me certainly experienced this a lot in my sort of up, like coming of age time where I just didn't feel like I fit in many of the spaces I was in. And um, yeah, so, you know, I also had to figure this out on my own, but also, I also very much value when I found sort of these wisdom traditions of yoga um, which is sourced in meditation, though we don't always think about that because it is also working with the um, the body and the breath, the sort of holistic self um, that I also really learned and drew so much from understanding like the language that was being presented and these pathways, which actually made the experience um richer for me and deeper for me. But it started with having to kind of find it out on my own. Um, and I was just kind of wired that way. <laughs> I can't. You're, you're wired to find things out on your own. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm kind of wired yeah. that way for better and for worse. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I find that beautiful because, I mean, I love that you're sharing that because um, too often you know, in my experience, I, I would go and be practicing with a teacher. I'm like, okay, that's the way to do it. And that's the way I have to do it. Even, and it would oftentimes not fit my schedule. It wouldn't fit really with what was going on in my life at the time, oftentimes as well. And so, and it wasn't even until just a couple of years ago that, you know, there was a shift in our community because we we're in the same, you uh, community of yogis, I'll put it that way, um, where I felt like suddenly this weight was lifted and I was given permission to actually really honor what was right for me. And it was just kind of mind-blowing how I was so tethered to a way of doing things and having to adhere to a certain set of, you know, quote unquote rules if I wanted to achieve a certain thing in my practice. And then I was like, when that lifted, I felt like my practice expanded because all of a sudden I was trusting myself and taking the teachings I had learned and the practices I had learned and being like, okay, what really fits my time, my schedule, my body, my intentions, what wants to come more importantly, what wants to move through me. And so I don't know if it's for worse. I think it's just always for better that we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess like the, yeah. It's well, I only said for worse because, um, you know, I don't know, maybe some things took me on pretty large tangents that <laughs> I look back now and I'm like, oh, that's what that was all about. <laughs> but it was, you know, a bit of a, of a process <laughs> of learning and finding. <laughs> Can you share with us some of the things that weren't working and what, it, what was the process for you to find the things that did work? Yeah, you know, I, I will share something which was which was a sort of a big moment in my life when I 
really stepped into the power of the pause. <laughs> and so, you know, I am um, growing up. Um, I, I, I definitely also have always been very curious about the world and kind of fascinated um, by how large it is. Um, the whole of humanity, the history, the cultural textures and diversity. So I came curious and wanting to know more. And, um, you know, in my upbringing, I had, I was blessed with like a very loving family, um, a, a pretty, um, content childhood. Um, and there weren't a lot of resources as far as my mother, uh, was a single mom and she was, uh, a career woman, like the first person in her family, uh, to go to college and have a career. And she, she did a lot of things on her own. And I was with my siblings, my, uh, brother and sister. And, um, anyway, what I saw was my ticket to sort of satisfy that curiosity and expanse in the world was to get really good grades and to study very hard because scholarships were like the ticket to get into college and to particularly like out of state. I was very excited about going. And so I did all the things like you were talking about, you're supposed to do and, you know, um, graduated with honors and, and got good scholarships and was like on this path. I thought I knew what I was doing. And <laughs> we all like, you know, we, when we enter, uh, you know, for those of us that follow this way, post-graduation from high school and into college, it's like so exciting, you know, and full of possibility. And I, I chose a school curiously that, um, was, a it was, it's called, it was called Hampshire college in Amherst, Massachusetts, a liberal arts college. Um, it was very different from where I had been studying, <clears throat> which was really rigorous academically and there were no grades or tests and everything was done by projects. And that really appealed to me uh, because I, I wanted to also be out of the structure. By the way, that was Catholic school. I, I like had to go to Catholic school um, for better or for worse. And so I got to Hampshire and, you know, it was exciting. It was different. I was on the East Coast for the first time. So different culturally from the Midwest. That was that was <laughs> so eye-opening. And also they required that you take a year off. That was like part of the curriculum is that you take a leave of absence. You could not do it, but it was just part of the part of the structure of the school. Usually people did this uh, once they had a field of concentration and then they would go you know, and it would be part of their graduating project, go somewhere and um, study and, and create this thing. And I just found that as soon as I was sort of on my own for the first time, I wanted to take the the year off right away. <laughs> Meaning I finished the first year and then I was like, I'm ready for the leave of absence now. Um, and there were a few of us that were feeling that way and we kind of leaped together. And um, it was the first time in my life that I was just able to kind of be out in life on my own terms. And um, it was it was exciting. It was like exhilarating, liberating. 
And, uh, but it changed everything um, for me. I just really wanted to experience life. I guess you could say I felt in some ways growing up, I was like being tracked to a certain lifestyle, a certain um, level of, uh, you know, part of what maybe you would call the meritocracy, um, achieve, 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 and then you'll get results and rewards and, uh, you know, that worth. And I found myself on the outside of that for the first time and like kind of really curious, but also like, wow, I don't know who I am or what I actually really want. And so in that pause, um, things really changed and it ended up me not going back to that place and uh, just having an entirely different trajectory in my life that I know I would have had if I would have stayed. Not that that would have been bad or worse, but it was the first time that I allowed myself to make choices based on what I really wanted to do, which was actually to be outside of those structures entirely to see life in a different and with very new eyes without what I was being told about the world anymore. And that was exciting, but I kind of, you know, that started a process where that wasn't all great. And I don't necessarily, you know, uh, sponsor or (laughs) promote that people just make these sharp (laughs) uh, shifts you know, there, but I mean, I I find it fascinating because here you are very young and you follow this, this structure and you were, you know, doing all the things you're supposed to do, you know, getting good grades, working hard with this, with the intent of going to a college. And you chose this college that, I mean, I wish I had this college, like where you get a break a whole year and that you take this and, and this is that power of that pause. You take that pause and in that pause, you get clearer, like more insight on like, wait a second, that's not actually the trajectory I want to be on. And, and that it seems like it just reminds me of that pause that we have. And when we create stillness and our, our daily lives where we can get some inf- new information coming in and you realized, oh, I don't want to go back to that. I want to be outside of that structure and to understand that at such a young age, I think it's just... I mean, I didn't figure that I didn't, I didn't come to that, those realizations until like my mid thirties. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So to have it so young and be like, no, I don't want to go back into those structures. I think is just a, a very powerful and beautiful example of taking a pause and stepping outside of all the doing and all the structures and all the, you know, I always call it the chaos because it feels chaotic to me and to get clarity, I think is incredible. And what's incredible is I can't believe we're already up to our first break, but when we come back, I'd really like to, (laughs) I know these things happen all the time when we have a great conversation, but, you know, I'd like to talk about, you know, what are some of the practices that we can do? Like, let's get into like, what, what do we mean by a pause? Like, like, what is like, we're not taking a a year off, but what kind of pauses can we take so that we can have some of those insights come in? Because I think we're all seeking something and we're, and we've been conditioned to grasp for things or push for things or strive for things, but how can we use a pause in order to connect to more of that 
that inner wisdom that wants to come through and guide us on a new trajectory and um, how we move around some of the discomfort that might come from that. So I hope I remember everything I'm, I'm just now propping for the, for the second segment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we we're going to talk about that. that. Yeah. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Amy Heater. And if you haven't done so already and you are in the Charlottesville, Virginia area, then definitely go to my Instagram account and go to the bio and sign up for the Women Thriving Unapologetically Immersion that is happening on March 4th in celebration of International Women's Day. And so we're going to go into some practices that will help align you and awaken some of your divine feminine capacities. So that's on Instagram, Lindsay McCowan, and we'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. We are here with Amy Heater today and we're having a great conversation around the power of pressing pause and why that's really, really essential in our lives, especially in the chaotic busyness of our daily, daily to-do list. So let's go ahead and dive right back in. And you know, before the break, we were just talking about an example of how taking a pause actually changed the trajectory of your life. And I'd really like you to give us a little bit more insight on what does pausing really give us, like all the things. Yeah. Yeah. So in the very beginning of the show, I talked about, it's this really, um, it can be a wonderful way to kind of return to ourselves as life pulls us in all kinds of directions and into all kinds of thoughts and emotions, we just gonna get to come back to that sense of self um, of what's underneath all that stuff, um, which is which is a constant sort of reservoir of um presence and wholeness. Yet 
Another thing that, um, as we were talking about this story of the first time I took a big pause and it became this opportunity to start to discover um, living in a different way from how I was more motivated by my curiosity and not just living by how I was expected to be, um, is pausing is this really special way to build relationship with the unknown. And, you know, I was just mentioning how this big pause that I took um, from college, which was actually like college said, take the pause. That was part of (laughs) the college I went to. (laughs) Nobody had given me that permission yet. Um, You know, it sent me into this time of getting to know myself, but there was a lot of unknown. And that was, that felt also felt scary. And I was disappointing people. Definitely. My mom was not excited about that choice. And she was very worried. I wasn't going to go back. She'd worked so hard to get me to where I'd been. And anyway, beyond all that, the pausing, and I think this is really relevant to the current time that we're speaking is it helps us yeah, to just be in relationship with a moment. It can just be a moment that is pulling us into presence and not necessarily um, needing to know or have things figured out about what's next, but just kind of holding that space of presence, which I find is a real, um, it's a precursor to stepping into what's possible in your life is being willing to be with the unknown. And the unknown can be a scary place. And certainly the unknown can be um, imposed upon us in the way that we didn't, we don't choose that. Um, We all just went through a massive pause that was imposed upon us through the COVID pandemic. Life paused as we knew it. It's certainly, we didn't, we didn't ask for that pause. So that's this is different than the nature of practice in that way, because practice, we're welcoming the pause. That was like a huge imposed pause from life as we knew it. And there was a lot of unknown in that. And of course, there was a lot of fear and anxiety and confusion in that unknown, rightfully so. Yet, I also just want to sort of tie into in that pause that all of us went through, I think we like learn some things, hopefully, about ourselves, about maybe we didn't want to pick up some of the things that were left behind before that pause. Some of the momentum we had been in or the maybe the way that we were showing up in life and in our relationships. And um, so just to reflect on that, um, what have you not wanted to pick up and how did that pause change you and change the possibility of what now is your life in, in, you know, what has returned to a more, um, a more normal flow, you know, it's still with us, we know, but we're not like having to stay at home and the kids don't have to be at home and not at school and all that. And so what I'm hearing from this is that, you know, obviously the pandemic was not a pause that we had invited in, but if we invite the pauses in, like smaller pauses throughout our day, it gives us an invitation to reflect on what we want to pick up and take with us after we 
take that pause. So right, you take a pause and then you can feel into like, well, do I want to pick that thread of thought back up? Do I want to pick up that, you know, that feeling again after this pause? Is that accurate to say? Did you agree? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it, it also builds this capacity to be willing to be in that space of pausing and not knowing and which can really help us in these times that we're living in, which um, just are increasingly sort of like, we don't know what's next. You know, there's not uh, the guarantee of like the structures and the steadiness um, that maybe, you know, Lindsay, as you and I were coming of age and coming into adulthood, there was a different sense of the future than what the youth are living into right now. There's a lot less of knowns and certainty, certainties and guarantees. And what do we do with all that? And that, that's where I'm saying the, the pausing becomes a real special um, uh, opportunity to build that capacity of how do we navigate into, into what's next um, with that spaciousness of awareness and presence. Yeah. And then having some choice about, how we're showing up in through all that, if that makes sense. I mean, it makes total sense to me because I often teach that the, the power of the pause gives us choice in that moment, that suddenly we have the, the choice because it's given us a greater sense of awareness where we are in that moment. And how do you feel like the, the power of the pause or the just pausing relates to the word power? Uh, connection. And connection is the, the, the word that comes because when we're sort of navigating or or living from a, a a perception of disconnection, a perception of, um, you know, yeah, this dispersal and distraction, we're sort of not fully there and we're, we're missing we're missing the whole of our lives and we, yeah. So connection I think is the key to why it's powerful because we not only feel more connected to our own self, to our own breath, like really on the ground stuff to my own body in relationship with the space and area that I'm in, but it then it creates this sort of perceptual shift where we feel connected to no matter what we're experiencing and able to sort of hold that thread of connection, particularly when we're in experiences that are difficult, challenging, uh, disruptive, that we'd kind of prefer to either fight or fight or like run away from, or maybe freeze in. I think it's powerful in that way. Yeah. It gives a sense of steadiness and strength and resiliency. Um, it's been my experience being being able to hold on to that thread of connection and um, and do we want to elaborate a little bit more on what we're connecting to? Mm. Yeah, this is where it's this can be kind of personal um, in how your interpretation is of that, but um, in the pause in general. Uh, we are connecting to um, just the 
in a, in a simple sense, when we're talking about, let's say, moments of mindfulness. So mindfulness is a term that we all are know very well now. It's like a household term stemming from, you know, Buddhist practices that were um, more secularized and popularized. But it's this willingness to pay attention in the present moment, like on purpose. And also with the sense of like kindness and non-judgment towards ourselves, but without needing things to be different. And so just really being present to what the experience is. And I do love mindfulness practices and particularly moments of mindfulness because they're so brief, yet they're so effective um, because it allows us to just kind of return to what's happening and who we are in that moment and just to be present to it to really be in our senses, be in our, uh, be aware of what feelings are in the, sp- in the space of our awareness. And we can do it without even stopping. Like we can be in motion while we're having that pause. So I think those are really, um, really accessible. Of course, we can create pauses that might help us to feel really connected to that which you know, if we don't have necessarily a strong sense of self-connection and to this piece where I'm talking about like this constancy of um, this underlying sense of self and wholeness, when we don't have that (laughs) yet, what we're connecting to kind of um, can be a a great through line to discover that. And so, um, you know, if, if, if this is what you mean, like connection in nature can, was my, was my first through line. That is what woke me up, um, to the, to the fullness of my sense of self and my connection with life. Like nature was that first spark and deep connection in that, which is honestly what I found when I took that big pause from stepping away from Hampshire College. Eventually it led me to working in the wilderness and like everything changed, everything changed. So what we're connecting to really just, we we sort of ask ourselves like what makes us sort of have this sense of coming alive in a moment And this is where if like stillness practices don't really speak to you, you know, movement like through dance or through even just walking and and being in presence maybe with nature um, or wherever that is, um, these, whatever helps you feel that sense of connection and of aliveness, like a spark of like, ah, alive, (laughs) that's like what we want to honor connecting to. And that's where we create a practice of it um, to, to then let these practices show us, you know, the fullness of life and ourselves. I really appreciate your, uh, the way that you shared that because so often we think, Oh, if I need to pause or come to stillness, I have to do meditation or I have, to, you know, and, but you're saying that there to do something, to have that deeper connection that you can experience and pausing, the pausing can happen in motion, which is beautiful, but it has to be the motion that's actually um, has that connection to something that's 
bringing you alive. It's creating that spark. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to take a pause from work and go on vacation and then, you know, go out and party all the time. That's not, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Is that making you come alive? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it's entirely individual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I was, when you were saying that, I was thinking, oh, you know how like, when you said dance and then you think of artists when they're just in that moment and they're deeply connected to something within them that is helping them create this masterpiece of art or writing, or it could just be anything. And it's just beautiful. And I, you know, I can't say that sitting in meditation makes me come alive in that moment, but what happens is I feel more connected to that through line throughout my day because I meditate. I don't get the, like, I don't sit there in the meditation and have the moments, you know, (laughs) I'm just like, okay, here I am again, just creating this pause where I can just feel things melt away or just soften enough so that the rest of the day I can feel into that undercurrent of connection that's there. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I, I do have a ritual of meditation and, and practices, but I would say like, yeah, practice can be such a rich tapestry. And it was interesting during COVID because I had a, a very, like, I was very proud of the ritual I'd created. <laughs> was like really into the the devotion of it the, the discipline of it but that what happened was everybody came home and lived at home all the time and even my practice space was no longer could be that and it kind of threw all of that out the window for me it I also didn't feel like I wanted to sit and meditate during that time and so my practice became I kind of went back to my roots and I just would walk along I live in the city of Madison, but there's a room and I would, something I had to do every day was we had a dog. And so we do have a dog, but she was new at the time. And we were, I would walk the dog and, um, along the river and just, you know, for periods of it, sort of like be really present to my, to the, the sensation. So like the sounds I was hearing, the feeling of the air, the, um, the textures of the water, and that became my practice for a while. And it was a it was actually a beautiful reminder and homecoming to what originally sparked me to even want practice in the first place, which was when I started connecting with nature. But also it reminded me that like it things can change. And um it's only recently that even though I, I love meditation and I teach a lot of it that I personally have come back to sort of a ritual of meditation. I, you know, things changed for a bit and I learned a lot through that change. And I kind of beat myself up about the change at first. Like what's wrong with me? Like I can't be teaching this stuff anymore if I'm not doing it every day and all these things. But then I was just, things were too hard to keep beating myself up. (laughs) It's like, you know what? I'm not going to put that added pressure on me right now because things are bananas. So I learned so much um, and that practice grew in and of its own right. But now I'm back to more stillness also at times and I love it again. You know, it's giving me so much, but it's okay to change. 
It's okay to change. Yes, I love that. And I think that's a good place for us to um, take our pause and take a break, a short break, and we'll be right back for our last segment. So if you're listening, we're listening to Amy Heater and we're talking about the power of the pause. And we're going to come back and hopefully we'll talk a little bit about some of the different practices. We've touched on them, but we haven't actually, you know, listed them for everyone. So maybe there's a few other pause practices we can bring in after the short break. And if you're uh, in the Charlottesville area, as I mentioned on the first break, just go ahead and go over to my Instagram account, to my bio and sign up for the Women Thriving Unapologetically Immersion that's happening on March 4th. We're going to dive into some practices that will help us awaken some of our innate feminine capacities so that we can thrive unapologetically. So after the short break, we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. We're talking about the power of pressing pause. And so we've touched, touched a bit on different ways we can pause. We've talked, we've t- started the show with stopping and pausing and breathing And we've talked about how you can even take a big pause from life if you want to step away for a little bit. And then also to pause and stillness, the pause that can be created in motions um, such as dance or um, connecting to creativity, things that really light you up. And so I'm just wondering what other other ways that we can create these moments where we feel really deeply connected. What any other ways we can pause especially when we have such busy lives, like how can we interweave the pause into our lives so we can can stay connected to that through thread? Well, you know, one thing we haven't touched on, which I think is really worth mentioning um, because some of us, you know, might feel more aligned, you know, with um, spirituality, with with a sense of connection 
to a kind of collective divinity and whatnot. Um, but those those practices where we're connecting in with a space of um, yeah, of devotion of whatever that is for you. Um, that's that's also really powerful, and and can be part of it in in any at times and, and not other times, but, um, to, to feel that I think all prayer and all, you know, if, when we look at like spiritual traditions and also religious practices, it's built around these rituals, um, both group and individually that are meant to like invite a pause to welcome that presence in as a way of connecting. And so if that speaks to your listeners, um, and sometimes that can develop over time or not, uh, but that's that's a powerful <laughs> way of pausing, you know. I was moved when I was traveling in Morocco and it was my first time in a in a Muslim country. Um, and there would be when we were in the more urban centers, um, I was part of co-leading and a cultural excursion there, you know, there's the call to prayer five times a day. And um, that was new for me. And I really appreciate it just that there's these, these pauses and there's like loudspeakers and prayers and, um, and everybody stops and, uh, you know, has their, their ritual of being present with that prayer. And I just, appreciated that that was embedded in the culture. Um, and I would practice my own version or even just a moment of mindfulness in that moment. And I, I loved that, but I, I wanted to bring that piece in too, because certainly. Um, yeah. And just, I love the idea of how can we just bring in those moments throughout our day so that it becomes a ritual, whether it's prayer or just stopping to breathe or be, take that walk where you're connecting to nature and allowing that to um, really bring us back to that connection that can get lost when we just keep pushing ourselves forward. Um, so I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And in my own life, I can just speak what my day looks like. Um, I have a mind that's very prone to distraction. Like that's the beast that you is must be me. the only one. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that beast of distraction. And some of us, uh, maybe, I don't know. I, this is just part of my, my neurodiversity. I but, feel like um, my, uh, my animal totem <laughs> is a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I do have a moment in the day where I try to carve out a larger, um, you know, that could look like anywhere from 10 to ideally 45 minutes. Um, but this is where my background in yoga, yoga is, I think, such a rich tradition because it has so many practices um, that can really meet us where we're at in our life. But I, I will have one that's more in stillness. So either meditation or yoga nidra is a, is a huge, wonderful stillness practice based in rest and relaxation. Um, I know you had Tracy Stanley on as a guest and uh, she's just a queen of, of that 
that topic, that, that practice. And then also throughout the day, I do have pauses that I've built in and sometimes I forget to do them, but I try to, they're sort of associated with things that have to happen every day. Um, so I'm still a dog walker <laughs> most days. And so I build a moment of mindfulness in while I'm walking the dog. And, um, and then I've come to just have a moment right before co- going to bed where I just sort of have this pause or like, as I'm in that transition, I should say of the day ending and in bed and moving towards sleep. It's just a moment, really just a moment of like the day is done. How was this day? How's my heart with this day? Um, And a moment of gratitude that we get to sleep, which I think is a gift from nature, but that I got another day. I did, even even if it was difficult. Yeah, we get another day. And so how about, would you lead us through a little practice that we can all pause together? I think it's really powerful when we practice together and take this pause. Yes. Yeah. So uh, as you began, um, I'll invite us to close the eyes you're comfortable with that if it's safe and your preference to do so otherwise you could have your eyes at a soft gaze you know and if you're sitting wherever your feet are or your if it's your if you're sitting on the floor maybe it would be your legs that are in connection but um just take a moment and like really feel into your feet and even pressing your feet to the floor and then release. Just press and feel that rootedness to the earth, even if you're suspended on a second floor above it like I am, and release. Just one more time, just remember and feel that connection of being on the earth, with the earth. You can release. As you notice the sounds in the space that you're in, which includes my voice, but notice the other sounds. Notice the touch of air on your skin where it's exposed to the air. And also the presence of clothing or what's covering you. Just becoming just more aware of the outer shell of the body. And welcome us to let ourselves feel inside in this moment, what sensations are present in your body right now. Even if we have preference that they might be different, just let yourself feel what's, what is and what's real. Breath is a part of that. And now let yourself just feel the breath move in and out. And I also welcome us to just for three, three breath cycles, just let yourself 
breathe more deeply, kind of embody that process. And perhaps, you know, feeling those expanded breaths at the belly or the tips of the nostrils or both. And then inviting a hand anywhere you might like to place it. The heart is always wonderful as that welcoming of a return. The throat is where I'm choosing right now because <laughs> I'm speaking, just to feel present with that. And just how is your heart in this moment? Is there any emotional coloring present? Just also give yourself permission to feel what's present. We often carry multiple feelings. You could even name any feelings words. And then just welcome yourself exactly as you are in this moment. So beautiful, Amy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, welcome yourself as you are in this moment. And just know that these practices of pausing are here for us. We can interweave them throughout our day to help us stay more connected um, to our essential nature. And if you are loving this conversation as much as I am, then definitely reach out to Amy. You can reach her at Amy Heater, is amyheater.com, correct? Yep. A-M-I-E. Yeah. That's right. A-M-I-E-H-E-E-T-E-R. And you can connect with her also on Instagram, same name, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, definitely reach out to her. She's an amazing teacher and guide and maybe even come to the Her Festival in Maine where we might, well, she'll be there. I might be there as well. And we can all connect and be in sacred circle together. Ooh. Thank you so much, Amy. I so appreciate you being here. Um, and definitely join us next week, same time. We're going to have another amazing guest as always. And we'll be here at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And Amy, do you have any like one word you want to close out the show with? Mm, just come alive. Honor your coming come, alive. Honor your, com honor your coming alive. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay, everyone. Much love to each and every one of you and many blessings. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.